Hi, and welcome to Color Your Home Happy. I'm Justine, founder and creative mind behind Rainbow Shaker, a colorful interior design studio in London. My goal is to spread joy and happiness through the design of cheerful interiors. If, like me, you think that we need a colorful bubble to escape the daily gloom, then this podcast is definitely for you. Each episode, I will be welcoming well-known guests from various colorful backgrounds. You won't find us speaking about the right way to use colors. In this podcast, I want to help you trust your intuition and give you all the confidence you need when designing interiors full of dopamine. Welcome everyone to another episode of Color Your Home Happy. Today we're going to talk about shapes and colors with the lovely Molly Hawkins, a mural artist coming all the way from Bristol, working under the name of Molly Mural. She creates joyful, vibrant mural for homes, commercial purposes. So can't wait to dive right in. Hi Molly, how are you? Good, thanks. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for being here. And right now we're working on a mural mm-hmm. for me. I can't wait. So um, can you tell us a bit about your journey into... Yeah, the world of big shapes and colour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I really enjoy what I do, making like huge murals, public art installations. And I think I've kind of transformed at different stages. I think since I started my like professional career as a freelance artist, I started by doing set and costume design. And so I did a lot of that for touring theatre companies, which is kind of what drew me to Bristol because there was loads of really great theatres there. And when I landed in Bristol, I also then noticed like the abundance of street art and how much people just like (laughs) seemingly loved colour and like making their environments really epic and yeah, really made an impact. And then kind of naturally slowly started to fall into the realm of like creating these big murals and with the help of Upfest, who are the like Europe's largest street art festival. They kind of helped me I suppose they gave me platforms where I could start to experiment. And then from there, I think maybe people start to notice the work I did and maybe it kind of was different in a way to what you normally see around kind of, I guess, the block colours, the kind of cut out Matisse, pop arty, vibrant shapes. It's very like impactful on buildings. And then in the pandemic, I noticed a really huge importance for making spaces feel more positive. And a lot of people were getting in touch with me during that period to kind of transform their outdoor spaces it looked a bit sad because mm. um, obviously there was that time when we were all building fun little places outside cafes to hang out and there was a lot of sad walls that just wanted a little bit of love. And so since then, it's just been like <clears throat> a really exciting, flurrying journey of creating lots and lots of more <laughs> murals and having a really great, colourful time. You really think that um, mural can also create a, an emotional connection? Yeah, for sure. I think... I've always said for me, something about really colourful spaces makes me feel really safe. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know why, because some people are kind of afraid to wear colours. And But there's something for me when I see people wearing colourful clothes, I just feel happy and safe and kind of there's like this connection with them. And you're like, what is this <laughs> colourful connection? And I think with the colours I use, it's kind of quite intuitive and like kind of comes from my soul in a way (laughs) yeah and it's always um the kind of like bright corally pinks and the blues and 
like bright oranges and yellows that just make me just feel so happy and joyful. <laughs> Have you always felt drawn to bold colours or is it through like trips abroad or? Yeah, I think when I first kind of started experimenting with murals about five years ago, I used to play it safe and always use pastel colours. Mm. <laughs> then just, I think one day, I can't remember what happened. I think I, it was when I went to Mexico with a partner a few, maybe like, yeah, maybe it was four years ago. And it was just seeing all the colours and like just the way they kind of celebrated colour in such a different way and were so bold with the colour choices that they put together. And all the folk art really inspired me. And I have always been really inspired by travel. I've been lucky to do different projects abroad over the years, kind of within the theatre projects I used to do. So also went to India, did a kind of giant puppet project there years ago. And definitely all of these trips have like infused my love and curiosity with putting colours together. Yeah, India and Mexico have such a way to use bold colours that is completely mm. different than here or in Europe. Mm. And it's just so joyful, so mm-hmm. vibrant. Yeah. And the buildings. I mean, Bristol's great because it, it does appreciate having <laughs> colourful houses. <laughs> I think in Mexico, yeah, it's just it's just so glorious. And you also travelled to Berlin? Yeah. I w- it was um, a couple of years back I got the DYCP grant from the Arts Council, which is to kind of help develop your practice. And part of that, I really wanted to kind of grow international connections a bit mm. more and found a residency um, with a place called Officina in Berlin and spent a couple of months there creating new work and experimenting with textiles and at the end had a little exhibition. I just find being in other cultures and kind of creating art is very interesting because your work's received so differently and all the inspirations, the tools and everything is such a different process to what you kind of get familiar with in your hometown. But it was a really eye-opening experience and mm. I met really wonderful people and I think because it's such a hub of international artists you kind of just constantly get loads of new inspiration and it's really really great. You not only take inspiration from people from travel but also from your other passion. Yeah for sure I think there's a huge part of me that still loves theatre the live performance you know I love exploring costumes and like even the things I make for myself love sewing it's kind of my therapeutic practice. <laughs> yeah just like making clothes and costumes and stuff is still a huge part of what I do but it's I'm at the point now where I'm interested in trying to merge these worlds together and so looking at ways that you can make life performance and murals and public <laughs> art interaction this one big lovely intersection <laughs> yeah all new worlds yes. only worlds uh, bigger worlds <laughs> three-dimensional worlds <laughs> do you think that murals can really boost a home because we always think about putting a wall into one color or two mm-hmm. or three but murals with shapes is yeah. Like a... <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i think most people think it probably makes a space feel smaller but quite often it makes a space feel bigger in an interesting way and I think what I always try to do with my murals is create this kind of ongoing weaving design that kind of keeps your eye exploring so when you have a piece in a home maybe in like an alcove or as we're doing here on the roof it kind of creates this sense of flow which I guess we do naturally sometimes with our homes but it's just interesting how a mural adds that extra element of scissors yeah (laughs) most of the time uh, you see mural on on walls or on flooring Mm -hmm. but we sometimes don't think about looking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, so I've come here to make this mural on the roof and it's a really great process. And I was thinking, though, I've never seen anyone do it, I think, on a roof. I guess because it's quite hard, but luckily your roof's not miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's made a really great impact. And I do really enjoy painting on floors as well. 
but yeah, interesting to think about where else a mural could go. <laughs> Not a roof isn't always the first one you think of. Yeah, you're going to make it really hard. Neck breaks. <laughs> keep taking neck breaks. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we keep looking up and everyone's yeah. going to be like, what are they looking <laughs> I'm really happy that we did this mural because uh, like for so long I was looking at this blend something and I was just, ah, it needs something more. It needs something. <laughs> As we know, more is more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in your projects, have you always noticed like a before and after with your clients after you've completed the project there, always have like a different emotion? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I suppose it's it's quite shocking how quickly the transformation can happen <laughs> so obviously maybe two three days after you've started working on a really sad <laughs> gray wall and then it turns into this thing that almost is beyond imaginable it is it's just like people are bursting with this kind of <laughs> excited energy that maybe they don't know quite <laughs> quite what to do with it because it's such a kind of shocking transformation but at the same time it was so planned through and they saw it come together yeah, it's interesting. I think it helps bring community together as well. Yeah. Just the way it kind of opens up that conversations and engagement yeah. and things like that. It's really interesting. Not all people have the same emotion when they see it. Or also we have different emotions from the beginning of when the mural is created. Mm -hmm. And then when you're letting it soaking in the space, you have some time to adapt and process it. <laughs> yeah. Like when we got the downstairs and we saw the mural again and we we're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. We have yeah, this yeah. mural. It's and it changed completely a space. And mm -hmm. every time you have different emotions from the beginning of the process till the end. <laughs> yeah. And then after. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when I used to dye my hair different colors all the time. And then you catch a <laughs> sight of yourself and you're like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm blue haired now. <laughs> Just that kind of, I guess it's because it's so personal. It's like it becomes a part of your being, yeah. which I guess hair does. <laughs> <laughs> it can also create a, a thread in the space, really connect rooms together. What we did here, we created it in the hallway. So it's mm -hmm. connecting the entrance, mm -hmm. the kitchen and all the other rooms. So it's using all the surrounding yeah. colors. I guess it gives fresh inspiration as well, because already yesterday you were like, let's paint the ladder that we're working on <laughs> to match the mural. Yeah, I wanted to paint everything. <laughs> as soon as you got a brush in your hand, it's like, what can I paint? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any project that you're particularly proud of and that really transformed a client life? Yeah, I think, I mean, the first one that springs to mind is the basketball court that I painted for Rittle College University in Essex. And yeah, I mean, I think I've always designed for large spaces, but to design for something that's the biggest space ever <laughs> in my mind. And also for it to be something that's interacted with and kind of has to respond to the energy of the sport of basketball, mm. but also as in keeping with my design and then thinking about what colours evoked this really vibrant and also how the things interacted to create flow. But also I was kind of sticking to rigid lines because it was in such a kind of grid formation. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting challenge to kind of have all these aspects to think about and create something that was definitely going to be interacted with regularly. And I think that kind of then informed a lot of my processes going forward, thinking, oh, you've really got to take into consideration the space and its use and how people interact with it. There's another interesting project where my design process kind of was birthed, <laughs> which was, I think, about five years ago on a big exterior 
warehouse for a building called Bloom Building in Liverpool. Again, it was a very large scale piece and I kind of was feeling very restricted by working to a laptop iPad sized. I think that's when I realised I needed to have something tangible and tactile that I could play with that could kind of inform the design that helped create a sense of flow that I'm passionate about in keeping with all my mural work. So while you're soaking in like the story or the architectural features, you also want to create something unique and innovative Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. is really you. Mm -hmm. And how is your typical process when you work with clients? Mm, It has taken a pattern now, which is really nice. So quite often we'll just have a conversation and they talk about kind of branding ideas or kind of themes they want to get across. And then from this conversation, I'm almost soaking in what I can understand about who they are and their brand and what kind of things they're into. From there, I always go away and make a kind of paper cut collage. I've got a lovely stack of lovely textured papers that I work with. And for me, this is like a really lovely process of kind of thinking about what they've said and kind of thinking of motifs and shapes and creating kind of A3 sized collages, which in themselves I don't kind of enjoy, but it's good to get all your ideas out (laughs) on paper and kind of um, experiment with layouts. And sometimes the colours are a little bit off, but that's quite interesting because you might see two colours together that you wouldn't normally put together, but it creates this fun energy. And then from there, I kind of work on, in a mock-up sense of kind of imposing the collage design onto a picture of their space. Then it's just like colour playtime and I'm just like dragging <laughs> and dropping colours. Dabbling with colours. <laughs> yeah, <and> days. <laughs> yeah, then there's a few back and forth and they're like, no, yes. <laughs> and then it kind of just becomes quite simple from that mock-up to reality. And that's when the kind of design install process begins. Original design to reality, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not matching completely mm-hmm. and you have to just use your space. Turns out that the ceiling was a bit more deep that mm-hmm. one we had even though mm-hmm. we took the measurements yeah it's confusing they never I think 100% of the time they're never the same size <laughs> <laughs> so there's always an element of improvisation yeah but that's quite nice and I think because my designs are so abstract and freeing and you know it works that they kind of that it's not I think it's nice that you get to a space and then you re kind of rework you let bit. yourself ex- yeah. express and that like you're not stuck in there restricted by this yeah, yeah. You were saying that also colors kind of talk to you. So if you don't feel any emotion at all with one particular mm. color, you're just going to discard it and want to trying another color. And Color's really funny. I think sometimes I enjoy the difficult nature of a color sometimes and trying to incorporate it to challenge myself, which is something I did on the last project I did, um, kind of using more muted tones. And I find greens quite hard to work with. Mm. <laughs> But sometimes I enjoy the kind of challenge of like trying to piece together this mixture of colours. And because I very much focus on intuitive use of colour, I don't kind of be steered by anything that's researched. I'm yeah. <laughs> kind of like, what feels good? And I do have set colours that I'm genuinely drawn to, like orange, coral, pinky, red, orange. Perfect mixture between that is one of my favourites. The electric blue colour, yeah. always my favourite. have a little pop. Yeah. <laughs> and like aquary greens. There's something about those three that always kind of get in my work. But yeah, true greens and lilac. I find quite challenging (laughs) sometimes I'm like I want the challenge of trying to mix things together for me I I love using lilac on my clothes for Mm -hmm. example but when I want to design I'm not like (laughs) it's not the color I will think I think I did one project when I tried the lilac and I was like wow I didn't think about this color before because I didn't feel very comfortable with Mm. it 
but maybe I can also mm-hmm. try to go out my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you're used to full colors, sometimes you just challenge yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we do this? <laughs> you said you have colors that you're really fond of. Do you mm-hmm. have like a recurring shape that we can find in merely mural signature mm-hmm. style? Yeah. For a long time, it was the cheese plant leaf always made a feature. But then my cheese plant at home died and I felt quite guilty. <laughs> so then my source of inspiration was no longer there. <laughs> And then recently, I mean, I love putting a circle in. I think it gives it that yeah. something very calming about that. Soft. Um, yeah. And half circles. At the moment, I love making a little tower of circle, half yeah. circle, circle. <laughs> and so they're kind of almost growing. I mean, I love all botanical forms and shapes. I think it's really nice to put organic shapes in with jarring mm. shapes because um, it creates... Like a dynamicism. Satisfying. Like it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, and it's dynamic. Yeah, because sometimes your eyes are drawn to one specific area that is very dynamic and then you have kind of this flow of relaxing, mm. dynamic, kind of a river of different emotions. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there is a perfect color combination that you use? I think recently I was actually thinking maybe I'm going to just create a palette that I use every time. But maybe that's going to be too restricting because quite often you're working with a client and they have a specific brand color. And also there's a project I'm doing at the moment where I've incorporated black, Mm. which is really tricky. But it's interesting because it makes the colors feel so different. There's part of me that just wants to drag and drop a different (laughs) color on top. I'm trying to stick with it and try and... I guess, like we said, the challenge. But I don't know with colour combinations. They're just always changing. I guess maybe they're always changing because my mood's always changing. Yeah. Depends what how I'm feeling at the time. But yeah, it's an ever-flowing, ever-changing relationship I have with colour. I think the connection with colour and also with the people you're working with. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I'm working with clients, I always have this first talk with them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm analysing their life, their needs, place of character, functionality, the yeah. space in itself. Mm-hmm. And then from this, emotions associate with mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I th- I think I can see yeah. yourself with yeah. this color. I think you're right. There's so many things that impact it that maybe I don't invest enough thought. In. Well, I mean, it's that subconscious feeling of like, actually you're in- involving 10 different aspects of like how the lighting, the building, yeah. the personality, the brand. <laughs> and then you're just kind of processing it all and you're like, ah, blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also you said like using black on the background, it mm-hmm. makes the other color pop. Yeah, it, it definitely makes it jarring. I think for the particular piece where I'm going to use black, it makes a lot of sense because of the building and the kind of heritage and history behind the building. And it's had a lot of thought behind it. Yeah, you said that it was a former letterpress. Yeah, this is one that's going to be installed next year. And it's it's been a long process of kind of research and kind of really understanding what the building used to be. And it was, yeah, this old letterpress. And the building is inspired by the typesetters trays that are kind of these wooden wooden little boxes. So the design has taken into consideration that, which I guess for me has been the challenge because my work generally has so much flow and it Mm. isn't restricted. But then in the sense that often my murals fill a space that is restricted. There's almost lots of small restricted spaces, (laughs) lots of small murals that have made up this bigger kind of letterpress-esque themed typesetter tray murals within lots of pockets also you're not coming up with the perfect design at first mm-hmm. it's always mm-hmm. an evolution yeah like sometimes you're starting with a, like a specific color palette and mm-hmm. then the color palette is changing or the shapes mm-hmm. are changing mm-hmm. so it's kind of a trail and error yeah I think I'm trying to really believe in that process a little bit more and sometimes I can feel so pressured to reach the end goal and you scurry through those stages that are really important and taking the thinking time so I'm really trying to put a lot more effort into 
taking less pressure off kind of the end result and focusing more on the process. And that's making really interesting outcomes. We also mentioned yesterday about when you're trying to get colours right and you're putting loads of pressure on yourself. It just doesn't work. <laughs> For some reason, you have to be in this kind of relaxed state and kind of once you start overthinking colours, it just goes dreadfully wrong. <laughs> yeah, you can't connect to yourself and you put so much pressure because mm-hmm. it's forming a wall and then you're not really able to listen. So most of the time I just go on a stroll or my mm-hmm. ideas can come when I'm sleeping mm-hmm. or when yeah. I'm doing sport and then I yeah. always have a notebook. Yeah, ideas come when you least expect them. Yeah. <laughs> <Annoyingly>. <laughs> yeah. And when you really need them, yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. always very disappointed in yeah. yourself and just like, ah, oh, very angry. Yeah. We're so harsh on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We have to trust ourselves more. Yes. And when there is too much pressure, just learn mm-hmm. to let it go and mm-hmm. Say, okay, I'm going to just take a break. Yeah. And we'll come back after. (laughs) More of that. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes your process is completely different. When we painted the mural, you put the tape and also you're doing free hands, like Mm. the perfect pair of (laughs) Mulligan. A perfect circle by hand without any tape. I'm just blown away by this. You were shocked. <laughs> You're like stroking it like, wow. <laughs> Every time I look at it, I'm like, wow, this is a perfect circle. I'll take that. It's a good badge. That was a very nice process also for me because I'm used to paint shapes mm-hmm. uh, with tape. And it was the first time that I did something freehand. Mm-hmm. It's quite liberating. Yeah. <laughs> it's mesmerizing. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dance. Before I was so worried, I didn't feel comfortable doing anything freehand because I was always worried of getting it wrong. But you can still correct it mm-hmm. if you don't exactly, like it. Yeah. Definitely. And I think you can always carve in with the other colours. Yeah. It's just ongoing. Yeah. When we started painting, for example, we had one circle and then you could correct it mm-hmm. quite easily. Mm-hmm. We removed and then changed places. So yeah. you can still correct it very easily. Yeah. It removes the pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. pressure you have on your yeah. 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 Do you have any tips for listeners to incorporate murals into their home? I mean, I'm really into the roof now. We've done a roof. (laughs) I think you could just have a mural anywhere. Floor, wall, (laughs) roof, it all works. (laughs) Go for it. Personally, in my own spaces, when I've lived in different places, like an alcove is my go-to for like a perfect little mural. Sometimes there'll be a setback, maybe where a fireplace was, or there's always that little corner that's some reason set back. I think they make perfect little kind of framed areas. Yeah, cosy corners for murals. Something where it can feel framed and contained Mm. is a really nice way of adding a bit of a mural. And then you have some vents around, around, and you're just like, ah, little cocoon. It's creating kind of a little cozy oasis. Yeah, Um, bringing the outside in. (laughs) (laughs) When you're designing the mural and when you're painting, sometimes the lighting has such also a big impact. Do you say that you have some tips to consider the lighting first? It's tricky because all the different coloured lights and like natural lights lamps all affect the colours of the mural yeah it's funny because I guess I often go into people's houses kind of process their spaces transform them and leave but in my own home I actually (laughs) go quite minimal and actually it's interesting because my studio space is full of murals and colour but then I like to go home to a more calm (laughs) serene space (laughs) so actually having thought about my own home it's not something that I consider 
that much but when I'm creating something for somebody else I find it a lot easier mm. so thinking about my own spaces and how I transform them is hard but yeah it's always hard when you're doing it for yourself because mm-hmm. it's, you try to think about yourself and it's harder mm-hmm. because okay, when you see someone you already have an idea of who's this person yeah. is or the major traits mm-hmm. of personality of this person mm-hmm. like I think I can tell what would work <laughs> what's great is also people experiment with their way murals mm-hmm. do you have any tips for that I think it's great to start on a garden wall last summer I ran mural workshops and it was great because people came and we learned some techniques and tricks and then people went home and some people actually transformed these pieces into garden murals which was so nice to see yeah I, I don't know I mean I guess I suppose it's almost informed by the tools like you can get good masking tape that doesn't pull off the wall <laughs> and maybe pick three colors is a really good place to start so you're not going too far maybe mm-hmm. you've already got some colors around that you've kind of incorporated maybe in the bathroom or somewhere already which kind of will help keep it in keeping I think just starting to think about maybe carving out some kind of rigid shapes with tape mm-hmm. and then maybe you want to kind of take inspiration from the plants or things that you've got at home yeah that you could weave in and I think I quite like it when things curl around the edges of walls mm-hmm. and so maybe you've got an alcove and then it's nice that kind of plants come in at the edges and then in the middle you've kind of got a more rigid shape Curves are good, but they're quite tricky to create. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, I always like to mix the round shapes and the like, mm-hmm. straight shapes because mm-hmm. it's a balance of feminine energy and mm-hmm. masculine energy and mm-hmm. it's not unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inspiration can also come from the mm-hmm. surrounding space. You were saying like for the formal letterpress building mm-hmm. that you took inspiration in the squares that you could see on the facade. Yeah. And in fact, maybe sitting and like soaking in your space that's where also inspiration comes to me i'm mm-hmm. sitting on my sofa i'm looking <laughs> yeah. at like the surrounding looking space and i'm like oh i like this shape yeah. i have a lamp like gives me a lot of inspiration because mm-hmm. it's very colorful and very curvy and yeah. I, I love curves I think you're right. And kind of when you get into that mindset, you then start seeing shapes and everything. Yeah. And there's like little bits and you're like, oh, that kind of pattern would look really cool, really big. And even when you look out at the windows of places, sometimes it's nice when I do site visits, they've got beautiful skyscapes mm. and you can kind of pick out fun features. And for me, I really like the way that nature kind of will grow amongst urban environments. And that kind of juxtaposition of those I find really inspiring. And do you have any simple techniques or tools that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't need much to create a mural. I think I always go and get like good tape. Good Mm. masking tape is a good way to start because if you get (laughs) masking tape that's really sticky, you'll end up maybe peeling half of your wall off when you take it off. You need to make sure the paint's dry before you put tape on top. But generally, like most hardware stores will have a really nice tape and then I really enjoy using the bulb head brushes mm. again you can get those in most places um, you can get quite a lot of paint on those and they get a really nice smooth line and then yeah you really don't need much <laughs> I mean masking tape and a really good paintbrush just gets you by yeah I suppose scaling up is the tricky thing I guess um, but I kind of use pencil chalk yeah. and then when I feel like I'm getting there I'll maybe put like a paint pen and go over the top I commit the commitment is the bit where you get it right because <laughs> you put the pressure like okay this is the bit where we you're gonna draw a pen all over the wall and uh, you have your pen drawn you're like okay yeah. this is it I think the other thing is it's really nice to kind of think of your body as the tool as well and <laughs> if you're really like moving around carving up the wall and like almost using your arm as a kind of pivot point to get a good circle yeah it's a dance <laughs> <laughs> 
we're arriving at the end of our episode. Do you have any Instagram account and a website where our listeners can contact you? My Instagram handle is Molly Mural, and you can find me at mollymural.com. Your website and your Instagram account are just so colorful. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how we connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So we spoke oh. the same language. Look yeah. <laughs> <Get> this. <laughs> Thank you very much, Molly, for being yeah. a guest on this podcast. Thank you. And also collaborating with me on this project. I think it was a great collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's been really good. <laughs> and there's more to come. Thank you to our listeners to be here. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, don't hesitate to subscribe, rate or review on the different listening platforms. To say hello and get all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at rainbow.shaker. And if you want to check out my services, you can go to my website www.rainbowshaker.com. Thanks again, and I wish you all a very colorful day. See you next time. Bye.